want us to read uh, Psalm number 6, please. Psalm 6. This is one of the penitential psalms. That just means that it's a psalm about confession of sin and mourning over your sin. And um, there are seven of them. And this is the first one. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee, In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. My nigh is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. On Sunday mornings, we are looking forward into the future. We're in the book of Revelation, and it's important that we do think about prophetic scriptures and that we uh, try to grasp what is going to happen prior to the return of the king. And I'm referring to King Jesus. Uh, uh, So we we need to to make an effort to understand um, what's going to happen and to be interested in end times events. Um, So on Sunday mornings, we're looking forward, okay? And I hope that you're getting something, at least, out of the Sunday morning studies. But, you know, we need to look back as well at times. I firmly believe that. Yes, it's important for us uh, when we come into God's house and we study the Scriptures, uh, it's important to, to look forward. But then there are, there are times when we need to look back. So rather than looking forward into the future, we're, we're looking back into the past, into what is known as church history. And for a short time tonight before we pray, I want us to do exactly that, folks. I want us to look back. I want us to think tonight about a man called James Rennick. James Rennick, he was one of the Scottish Covenanters. He was only 26 years of age whenever he was taken to the grass market in Edinburgh and was hung. He was executed. He was martyred simply for being a Christian, simply for being a follower of the Lamb. He refused to swear an oath to the king. And um, the reason why he refused to swear the oath was because whenever you swore an oath to the king, you were saying the king was the head of the church, okay, the ruler of the church. And James Rennick 
was not prepared to do that. He was not prepared to acknowledge the king as the head of the church. He was not prepared to say that King James, who was the king at the time, he was not prepared to say that James was the ruler of the church. Because James Rennick, the other James, if you like, he knew, he realized that there's only one king and head of the church, and that's Christ. So I want us to think about this young man, Rennick, they call, they call him, or they called him. Uh, it's spelt R-E-N-W-I-C-K, so it's, but it's pronounced Rennick, so there's a silent W in there, all right? Um, whenever I first looked at it, I thought it was Renwick, but apparently uh, the pronunciation is Rennick. Okay. Why am I talking about this young man tonight? Well, simply because today is the anniversary of his death. 17th of February, 1688. He was taken to the place of execution and was publicly hanged. 1688, of course, was the same year that King William of Orange landed in Torbay on the south coast of England. And uh, he came and brought religious liberty, religious freedom to our nation. But just a matter of months before that took place, this young man, James Rennick, gave his life for the cause of Christ. I want us to think about his parents for a moment. James had parents who had lost a number of children in infancy. Um, A number of the children who were born before him died very young. So right away you've got parents there, two parents, two, two people, a couple who are broken hearted. They were poor people. Um, his his family was a very very poor family. They suffered greatly from poverty, uh, but they were fine Christian people, a fine Christian couple. And so even so, after after they had lost all the, the children um, in infancy, they they didn't say, "Well, Lord, why did you let this happen? We're not going to follow you anymore. We're going to stop praying." No, they actually did the opposite. They kept on praying and they kept on following the Lord. And so the, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Rennick, they got to prayer and they, they prayed, Lord, would you please give us a son? And Lord, would you make him a preacher? That was their prayer. Two parts to the prayer. Lord, please give us a son and please make him a preacher. And little did they know that their son was going to be a fine preacher, one of the finest preachers that Scotland has ever had. And so James was born into that godly Christian home, that godly covenanter home. What about his conversion? This young man, this uh, man we're thinking about tonight, James Rennick, how did he come to Christ? Let's think about this young, this young man who died on this day, February 17th. How did he find the Savior? Well, he was standing at the martyrdom of another Scottish covenanter. You may have heard of Donald Cargill. Donald Cargill, he was one of the most famous Scottish covenanters 
one of the most famous of the martyrs of the Scottish Covenant. And young uh, James Rennick was standing there watching Cargill about to be hanged for the cause of Christ. And as he looked on and heard Cargill, he was moved and stirred. And it was then that he decided that he too would be a follower of the Lamb. And he would become a Christian. Uh, during the execution of Donald Cargill, there were soldiers who hammered on drums. It's a wee bit like sometimes in the summer when the band goes up and down here and we're in the prayer meeting and they're banging on the drums. Well, at the, at the execution of Cargill, soldiers uh, banged on the drums. You know the reason why they did it? To try to drown out what Donald Cargill was saying, his last words. Because they knew fine rightly he was going to try to preach to the the people and would try to read the scriptures and sing and whatever and they didn't they wanted to drown out his witness but they failed miserably because standing there watching Cargill die was young James Rennick who by the way up until this point had been more or less an atheist yes he'd been brought up in a Christian home a very godly home he had great privileges but really he was an atheist he doubted the existence of God but Donald Cargill's martyrdom and execution changed the whole course of his life. After he, after he became a Christian, he um, went to study for the ministry in Holland. And when he came back from Holland, he wasn't allowed into any of the churches. None of the churches would allow him in to preach. He was banned from the pulpits. So he decided, well, Lord, if I can't uh, go into a church building and preach, I'm just going to go out into the fields and preach. And so he became a great field preacher, like John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, George Whitfield, other people we could talk about tonight, great men in church history. One of the great field preachers of church history was James Rennick. And so there he, there he was going out into the fields all over south um, east Scotland, preaching the gospel to the people who would come to, the, to what were called conventicles. Conventicles, but don't worry, but the, the word is just, it's a big word, just means outdoor um, services. On one occasion, during the persecution in the 1680s, and it was known as the Killing Times, by the way, that's what it was literally known as, the Killing Times, really from 1684 until 1688, a lot of Christians were murdered, lost their lives for the cause of Christ during those years. And um, there was great persecution of the church in Scotland. On one occasion, James Rennick was preaching in the open air, and uh, soldiers came along, the authorities came along, and uh, tried to arrest him and other believers. But Rennick uh, made off on his horse and he was pursued by the, the soldiers, by, or they were known as dragoons. That's the, the, the title that they gave to the soldiers at that time, dragoons. The dragoons chased him across a moor. But Rennick went to the top of a hill, got off his horse, he sent the horse away, and he hid in a hollow or a pit until the soldiers left. And um, he had to remain there for a number of hours until um, nightfall. But during that time when he was hiding from the soldiers, 
He kept quoting Psalm 6 verse 8. That's the reason why I read that psalm tonight. I want you to look at verse 8, please. Just for a moment before we pray. Psalm 6 verse 8. This is known as James Rennick's text. (coughs) Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. So notice, first of all, those, those words, depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. Can you imagine uh, young James hiding there at the top of the hill, uh, out among the, the moss and the heather of, of Scotland? Um, and there he's hiding from the soldiers, and he's quoting this verse over and over again, and he's praying it repeatedly. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. Soldiers, depart from me. Dragoons, depart from me. And God answered his prayer because those soldiers did depart from him. They left without finding him. The Lord answered his prayer. All the workers of iniquity left that field that day. And God's servant, James Rennick, was able to continue his field (coughs) preaching. See, his work wasn't done. The Lord had more work for him to do. And you've often heard me say that you're immortal till your work is done. It was known as his hiding place that day when he hid at the top of the hill. It was um, his hiding place. Notice the second half of his text there before we finish off. Um, So look again at Psalm 6 and verse 8. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Tears are prayers. Tears have a voice. The Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Have you ever been... In a situation where you can't even pray, have you ever been to the point where you feel so low that you can't even pray, but all you can do is cry and the tears come? I want to tell you, God hears the voice of your tears. You don't even have to speak words. Your tears have a voice. The tears of James Rennick had a voice as he suffered great privation during his years in the uh, living in the fields, I mean, he didn't he didn't go back home every night after he preached in the open air. He had to move from home to home. Covenanters who would put him up for the night, and he kept moving on because the authorities were after him. And I'm sure he shed many tears. But the Lord promises here in his text, James Rennick's text, that the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Someone has called tears liquid prayers. Liquid prayers. That's a good description of tears, isn't it? We think of the tears of the Lord Jesus. Remember as he stood at the grave of Lazarus. Liquid prayers falling down the cheeks of the Savior. Stood in Gethsemane there as he sweat great drops of blood, crying, weeping. Heaven heard the voice of his tears, the liquid prayers. And then as he stood and looked over Jerusalem, the city of the great king, Mount Zion, as he looked over a city that had rejected him, and he said, 
O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee as a hen doth gather a brood under her wings, but you would not. Sometimes we get discouraged when our message is rejected, when the gospel is rejected, and very few people come to the church. But don't be discouraged, because even the Lord Jesus was rejected. People had no time for his message. The tears of Christ, the liquid prayers of the Savior. So be encouraged tonight if there's times when you get so low, so discouraged that all you can do is weep. Your, your tears have a voice. What about the martyrdom of James Rennick? I need to finish off and get down to prayer. But the martyrdom of young James Rennick. As I've already said, it took place on this day, the 17th of February, 1688. He was taken to the grass market in Edinburgh, which, by the way, today, folks, is pagan and new age. I was just speaking to Kenny on the phone today and happened to make the remark that tonight we would maybe look at James Rennick. He, he was talking about what he had um, studied with his folk last night in Coleraine. But I mentioned about the grass market in Edinburgh and he said, you know, Jonathan, today that place is full of pagan shops and new age, heathen shops. And I just said to him, I said, Kenny, isn't that sad that a city with such a godly heritage is like that today? Isn't it sad that the very place where James Rennick was martyred where he died for the cause of Christ, that that very place today is, is so pagan and heathen, superstitious. But he was taken to that grass market area of Edinburgh, and as he stood at the gallows, he sang Psalm 103. You remember, remember on Sunday night we sang Psalm 103 at the evening service. Well, that's what James Rennick did before he died. He uh, sung Psalm 103. Let me just give you his last words, his dying words, just before we pray. Whenever he was taken up to the scaffold to be hung, someone said to him, um, James, pray for the king, pray for the king. And this is how he replied. I am within a little while to appear before him who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who shall pour shame, contempt and confusion upon all the kings of the earth who have not ruled for him. And his last words were, Lord, into thy hands I commend my spirit, for thou hast redeemed me, Lord God of truth. James Rennick was the last covenanter to be publicly martyred. He wasn't actually the last Scottish covenanter to be martyred. There was a young lad aged 16, just 16, who, who was shot in the field. George Wood was his name. In June 1688, one of the dragoons just pulled a gun and shot him in cold blood. The last of the covenanter martyrs. But um, Rennick was the last to be publicly hanged. The date, as I've already said, 17th of February, 1688. 
three days after his 26th birthday. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity just to look back tonight into church history. And just, Lord, to remember the great sacrifice that was made by our forefathers that we might have the freedom we enjoy today. Let us, Lord, cherish our freedoms and be thankful for them. We thank you for this martyr, for this young man who laid down his life for, your, for the cause of Christ. Lord, impart something of his spirit to us today. Even inspire us now as we get down to prayer. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.